Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. Okay, you ready to get into some teaching? Well, before we do, let me just say this is eight, week, eight weeks of, of prayer and teaching, Global Summit, week eight. We're glad that you've joined us. Thank you for being faithful to being a part of the Global Summit series the last eight weeks. Uh, I've got a surprise for you next week, and so you will want to join us next week. Uh, but uh, this wraps up this week of of prayer and teaching these last eight weeks, and I'm just grateful that you did join us. COVID-19 gave a focus on prayer and teaching around the world. I really believe we saw some of the greatest moves of God, the things that we're hearing worldwide of the things that God is doing, literally calling people to Jesus Christ by the droves. People are turning uh, to Christ. People are turning to faith. They're turning because that's the only direction that they can believe and trust would actually be something of an answer for them. They are desperate. People are desperate for answers. We just are, are having probably one of the greatest opportunities. I said it eight weeks ago. I believe that it's the greatest season for the church around the world, not just in America. It's the greatest season for the church in my lifetime. I've never seen a greater opportunity for the church to come alive and to actually be people of positive answers and and words of hope and words of encouragement. And that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm experiencing. Uh, Got a great great opportunity not long ago uh, a precious friend of mine uh, was trailing me down the subdivision street on a riding lawnmower and i hear my name called out and man we had a great opportunity just to sit and visit he was sitting you know a good eight ten feet apart uh, from me and my car he was sitting on his riding lawnmower man it was great time shared together so i want to give a great shout out to the beninati family this week i love the beninati's great neighbors Got lots of Mennonites in our neighborhood. I want to give a shout out to you. You all are just precious to Gina and to me and to my family and our great history years ago. But I will tell you guys, this is a great opportunity, a great season. Great connections are happening in subdivisions, in communities, uh, the community online as well. Great things are happening. Don't let it stop. Let the momentum carry you because God is using you, I pray this for you, that God is using you in a great way this season in the name of Jesus Christ to be a word of encouragement to people for the lonely, for the elderly. Be there for them. Be there, as we say at SCRC, be there and be there Jesus with skin on. Great example. We just really want to be Christ very best in their lives. I, uh, I I mentioned to you I'm, I, last week that I was talking with you about miracles and the, just those everyday miracles that we take for granted and we didn't put them in the category of miracles. Do you remember that? And I said to you, hey, every night our babies come home. 
That's a miracle for us because we're always praying for our children. So you'll remember that if you didn't see uh, week seven, go back and view that because that's I just wanted to really kind of expand our view of what miracles are. Well, this week, I want to talk with you specifically about a miracle that a great man of God named Jehoshaphat needed in the book of Second Chronicles. It's really a great, great story. It's found in the in uh, the um, actually I'm going to read to you from approximately the 20th chapter of Second Chronicles. But I want to tell you a little bit about Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah. Uh, just Google him. You'll get actually some great history on him, and why not? This is the opportunity. This is the age where you can actually do some history. He was a great man. In, actually, in chapter 18, it actually says that, uh, that Jehoshaphat was a man of great wealth and a man of great honor. He was known for his godly, wise decisions, and his heart was pure before God. And uh, it's just a a great story, just the whole bloodline of Jehoshaphat. And I won't get into all that because I don't have time this morning. But I want to talk to you about this this crisis that Jehoshaphat was facing in chapter 20. And I'm just going to tell you about it, and then I'm going to start reading uh, in just a little bit. Jehoshaphat gets word that three armies are about to come against him. Uh, against Judah. Uh, the, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Meunites are all coming to make war against the people of Judah. And uh, King Jehoshaphat, this great man of God, he gets word that three armies are coming from different directions. And they are coming all at the same time in partnership. It was not uncommon in that day for different kingdoms, if you know history, if you've enjoyed the study of history, you know this to be true. They were always allies. There are today still allies around the world. We are allies with nations today around the world. We take each other's back. We're known for that. Well, Jehoshaphat was also a man who partnered with other, uh, for example, he partnered with the Israeli army under a different king. Uh, Jehoshaphat would part- partner with different militaries, and uh, and they had allies. Well, their enemies had allies too. And this group of three armies that were coming against Jehoshaphat in chapter 20, uh, they all were wanting to destroy uh, the people of Judah and to come against and to put down the kingdom of King Jehoshaphat. In uh, in uh, chapter 20, uh, Jehoshaphat is warned about these three armies that are coming. And he doesn't panic, but he recognizes, he gets the history of where they're coming from uh, up through the, about the first six verses. And then he gathers all of the people, all of the people of Judah, and he starts to pray this prayer before God. And this is the prayer that he prayed, and I'm going to read that to you. It's in verse 6. And he said... O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. Now get this. He starts by declaring who he is. You remember that last week we talked about when we're speaking about God, we we declare who God is. That was who David wrote. Remember, I, I was reading from Psalms last week. Every morning, get up and declare who he is. I mean, make the declaration from your mouth matter. Words matter. The things that come out of our mouth matter because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So begin to declare the things of God, just like Jehoshaphat did. Lord, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. Verse 7, 
Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? So what Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat is doing, this godly man who has an intimate relationship with with God, Jehovah, he is reminding God, not that he needs it, but he has that relationship. He reminds God of the promises that you made to Abraham, our father Abraham. And he is reminding God, and we're standing on that truth. In fact, the truth is he probably was as much reminding himself, uh, declaring the fact that this was the promise that God had made to Abraham about the land that they were inhabiting, the promised land. In verse 8 he says, They have lived in it, the people of Israel rather, they have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and you will save us. I love the authority that King Jehoshaphat is taking. I love the confidence that he has in his heavenly father. He knows that he can make bold statements because you see, God has made bold promises. And when the enemy starts seeing the people of God actually trusting God for his promises, that is very frightening for the enemy. Because you see, then they are trusting God. The people of God are trusting that he is a God of his word. And I don't know about you, but I have found out in my own personal life and Gina, my wife and our girls and their families, we have found out that God not only is a God of promises, but he keeps his word. He keeps his word. He goes on to say in verse 10. But now there are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. In other words, we had mercy on the very nations that are about to try to destroy us. And God, can I remind you, this is what he's saying, God, can I remind you, when we wanted to go, you said, no, go. You don't go attack them. And we didn't. My ancestors obeyed you. And this is what it appears is going to be the the effect of that. We're going to be wiped out because of that. And then then it switches a little bit. So they turned away from them and they did not destroy them. Verse 11. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance? Oh, our God, will you, will you not judge them? For we have no power. This is now, now Jehoshaphat's getting real. <laughs> this is where he's making his declaration before God. He says, for we have no power against or this vast army that is about to attack us. We have an army and we have warriors, but we have nothing compared to what's coming down that, down that pass that I've been warned about. And he, and he goes on and he's praying this prayer and he says, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we cannot even stand against them. He says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. <laughs> Did you hear that faith statement? God, I've got no idea what to do, but I will stand here and I will keep my eyes on you because in you, I will succeed. In you, all victory has already been paid for. In you, now especially for believers today, we have the cross. All we can do is just simply say, Lord, we see you at the cross. We know the price. In fact, can I just tell you a little bit later in that story, I love this line because the prophets tell Jehoshaphat, listen, 
Go on, tell your men to take up their position in the mountains. Tell your men to, to put on all their gear. Tell them to get ready to fight. Tell them get ready. Tell them prepare to fight. Make, I mean, make yourselves ready mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Get your, get your shields, get your swords, get your, uh, uh, your breastplate, get, get your head, uh, your, your, your headgear on. Make sure el- your helmet, make sure everything is ready to go and get up and take your positions. But then, Joseph Ed is told, but listen to this. Tell your warriors they're not gonna have to fight. Tell them. Get up there, but they're not going to have to fight. And if you know the story, it's a, I love this portion of the story. He tells them, tell them they're not going to have to fight because the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. <laughs> it, it's never been yours. It's always been the Lord's. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Have you ever been in such a moment where you could only stand there. In fact, you didn't know the words to say. You had no clue what prayer to pray. And you stand there and you lift your hands towards heaven. And perhaps tears just start coming down. Maybe you've been in a hospital and you just had a crisis. And, and you're fa- maybe you're facing that even right now. And tears are coming down your cheek even right now. But you're standing there and the only way to look is up because without God, this isn't going to work. Well, that's where Jehoshaphat was. Without God, this isn't going to work. And at this moment, just so you know, get the picture. At this moment, at this very moment, uh, the, the, the three armies start to come through that pass. And if you read the story, I'm not going to take the time to read it. But if you read the story... It's amazing what God did. God confused those armies. They didn't know that it was each other. And as they came into the valley in different, by different passes, God confused the three armies and they began to slaughter one another. The enemies of the people of Judah, the enemies who were coming to kill and destroy Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat and his kingdom were literally destroying each other. And and the people of Judah, the warriors rather, who were told to go out and take up their position so that they could see the hand of God deliver them, they are standing there watching. They are watching these three armies. They It's, it's like they can see by by this satellite view, what these armies cannot see. And that is the simple, they are confused and they're wiping each other out. They're, and there's, at the end, there is nothing left alive. And they have all of this plunder that the people of Judah, the warriors of Judah are literally, oh my goodness, look what the resources that have just been literally brought into our very uh, possession, into our land, left on our land for us to take back to the kingdom in Judah. And the warriors, the, the word of God says that they went down and they took all of their possessions that they came in to destroy them with. They took their warfare or, or, or all of their weaponry. They took all of the things that were valuable, even clothing. They took fine things from these armies that were destroyed and they took it back to Judah. You see what the enemy intended to destroy King Jehoshaphat and the people of, of Judah. The, God said, what was intended to destroy you, I will make you wealthy with their plunder. I mean, that is where God steps in in moments like that. I can't tell you how many times 
I didn't know what to pray. I cannot tell you how many times, whether it was our own critical crisis, or it was someone that I, I, I was called into a living room not long ago of, a, of an infant that had, that had literally passed away of SIDS overnight. And Gina and I just were bringing some sandwiches to this home. Precious young couple. Precious young couple. And uh, God, I saw Lord Jesus. I saw police cars all around this home. I saw fire department. I saw first responders all around this home. It was on a Sunday morning. And uh, we just have fallen in love with this this couple. And it was actually this young lady's family member that lost the baby. They'd spent the night and this baby, three, approximately three months of age, uh, died overnight. And uh, Gina and I really didn't have a relationship with this couple other than hello on occasion. We'd see them. Wonderful. I mean, an amazing family. Great parents and, and uh, both sets of parents. Great parents. Great parents. And uh, so Gina and I, we went and got some food. We just knew something. Somebody had to do something. And we weren't going over as pastors. We were just going over as Barry and Gina. You know, let me tell you something. I drop that pastor thing as fast as I can. I just want to be Barry and Gina in moments like that. And, and so uh, I was determined to just leave it at, we're bringing some food over. This was before COVID-19. We said, uh, let's just get some food. So we got some food. We went to local grocery stores and got food and things that could last because we saw the family cars start to pull up. And and um, so we walked over and uh, knocked on the door. We're just going to hand them the tray. And uh, this couple, as soon as they opened the door, I heard them say, Barry, we need you to come in. We need you to come in. We don't know what to do. And you've done this. We don't know what to do. Please come in. Please come in. What I didn't know, and the mother of the baby actually said, was a precious little girl, precious little girl. Mother of the baby uh, was sitting on the couch just wrapped in a blanket. And uh, Gina went over and she sat next to her and just held her. And the mother looked at me. She said, before you knocked on the door, you're a pastor, right? And I said, I am. She said, before you knocked on the door, I looked at my mom in the kitchen. And she said, Mom, I've got to have a priest or a, a, a pastor, somebody. We've got to call somebody that can come and pray. We need somebody because we don't know what to pray. And it was that moment, I mean, that moment where I realized this was a divine appointment from God. This wasn't one of those things where it just happened to be this way. Literally, God was putting in the heart of this little mama who had just lost her baby and the rest of the family. They're all standing there and it's silent in their home. And what would you say at points like that? And, and the Lord just began to give me words, Lord, we turn to you. Lord, we just turn to you in moments like this. We don't know what to say in times like this. So we look to you. We look to you. God, we are so overwhelmed. And I just begin to pray those words. And I remember praying those words. Because the truth is, in moments like that, that type of crisis, we don't look to anyone else but Him. We must look to Him. 
And, and I don't know what your crisis is. I don't know what your, the miracle that you may need. Jehoshaphat needed a miracle, not just for himself, but for, I'm, I'm talking about the kingdom of Judah was at stake. Hundreds and thousands of lives were at stake in the kingdom of Judah. And, 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 and you can speculate how many if you read the chapter, but I mean, there were a lot of husbands and wives and children and there was just the promises of God were on the line. And, uh, and Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat needed a miracle and he had the audacity to trust God. I mean, get that picture. He had the audacity to trust God. When the, when, when the uh, news first came in uh, chapter 20, when the news actually first came to King Jehoshaphat, the first thing he did was prayed. He gathered the people of Judah in front of the temple and he started praying he didn't call him up and call the wisest of the council of the army and the the generals and the colonels and the what kind of weaponry do we have what kind of plan do we have he didn't go to man jehoshaphat went to god first get the picture Jehoshaphat went to God first. I wonder how many sometimes, how many times in our lives when we had a crisis moment, we started trying to repair it ourselves. We started trying to fix it ourselves. And, and, and I'm talking about sporadically and desperately falling apart in moments like this instead of just like Jehoshaphat did. He became the calm in the storm. I said he became the calm in the storm. When, when, when everybody else is starting to panic, Jehoshaphat, get this, watch the picture. Jehoshaphat starts being that voice of declaration in the middle of this storm. I mean, aren't you the God that, that rules the nations? Aren't you the God that the nations cannot stand against? Aren't you the God that can, that literally created the world? He starts making these declarations. Wouldn't it be amazing if in fact God just raises up great moments for you to be that God voice in the middle of the storm? You be that calm in the middle of the storm where you can just start reciting the promises of God. God, you gave us this territory. God, you gave us this grandchild. God, you gave us this baby. God, you gave us this area in our life. God, you gave us this ministry. God, you gave us this business. God, you gave, God, you are the God of your promises. And wouldn't it be amazing if in the middle of your crisis or other crises, God raises up an opportunity for you and for all of us to be that calm voice of declaration in the middle of the storm. I want to pray with you this morning. If you're going through a crisis, and I mean if it's really you're going through a crisis, or you're going through it with someone else and on their behalf, I want to pray with you that God gives you the promises that, that just literally can flow from your spirit off of your tongue and you start making those declarations of who God is just like King Jehoshaphat, it is an opportunity for you to step in. So Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, all-powerful name of Jesus, I ask you that you would so, as you've promised you would, empower us, give us those moments where we can be the King Jehoshaphat of the moment reciting the promises of God, reciting the fact that you are who you are, making declaration after declaration that you are God and there is none like you and that we trust you in the middle of this crisis when it seems like we're going to be destroyed or someone that we know is going
going to be destroyed. Lord, we come against that. We cancel the plans of the enemy. Think about this. What did Jehoshaphat do? He stepped out in faith and he canceled the plans of the enemy by simply saying, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, teach us that in the depths of our spirit, that when we make those declarations that we can trust in you, that though we don't know what to do, we'll keep our eyes upon you. Because, you see, the battle is not yours. The battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. And I'm telling you, because God's word says so, you can trust him at his word. It's his battle. He's got it. You can trust him. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we close this service, I ask you that you would bless those who have heard this message to go and give the message away, to go and be the calm voice in the middle of the storm. I pray because it's truth and because upon you all truth. You are the foundation of all truth. Because of you, God, we can declare this truth. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Have a victorious week in Him. We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're ever in the area, please come by and visit us. You can also reach us online at www.stcharlesriverchurch.org.